This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning. Thanks so much and welcome everybody to our Wednesday show. We're almost halfway through the work week. And we've got a lot coming up on the show today, uh, including today in Sound Clips, which we'll get to coming up here in just a few minutes. I, uh, we, we didn't ask Lisa, but yesterday Lisa did a sports report, mm-hmm. which is really kind of out of her comfort zone, but she, I thought, did a really good job, and she has her own theme song now, and Lisa, are you going to talking about sports today major league baseball season gets started tomorrow or is scheduled to anyway and they had exhibition games last night i didn't even know it was called mlb so Uh-oh. i i would I yeah need... but that didn't stop you from doing a sports report yesterday just because <laughs> you really didn't know good. it was mlb I knew like four stories yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the Bleacher Report this morning on oh, HLN. All right, all right. Well, maybe, maybe if I if I if I can get news together in time. Okay, I, I'm kind of looking for an excuse to play your theme song again. Like, I know <laughs> people loved it. Yeah. There was so much love for it. Mm-hmm. Meaning people despised it. Absolutely, yeah. it was amazing. Uh, see, but all that does is make us want to do it more. Well, I've got a little sports note. Uh, Ooh, we were okay. talking to Steve yesterday, and we uh-huh, were talking about uh-huh. the different sports and his uh, feeling toward whether they were going to get started up on schedule and how well it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that he was not so sure about is the NFL. Right. Yeah, this is the one we they were kind of arguing over whether or not to have preseason games. The NFL Players Association says that 59 players have tested positive for COVID-19 so far. That's only players. That doesn't include coaches and staff members. And then think of also, also the media, positive. also uh, the people who work there too, like videographers. Because right now with the NBA yeah. bubble, even the media have to quarantine. Yeah, we had a report the from the inside the NBA bubble, and yeah. it was that no no players, I don't know about the other staff, but no players had tested positive for COVID-19. And uh, Steve seemed pretty confident that the NBA would probably at least get started and probably uh, finish this the season in some way, shape, or form. The NFL, uh, there's just still a lot of stuff up in the air. Uh, a lot of questions that haven't been answered. J.J. Watt uh, is one of the players that has mm-hmm. been pretty vocal about this, saying, look, we have so many questions, and these questions have not been answered right? yet. So, Do you think they won't do like an NFL bubble just because there's so many players? And how much harder it would well, be? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think they're going to do a bubble for, for pro football or college. I mean, college football would be out of the question, of course. Um, but we did get an announcement from the UIL about uh, yes. high school football. Yeah, that came down a little deal. bit later yesterday. And uh, I guess there is going to be high school football. Um, some of the start times, like for practice, uh, are going to be pushed back to September, where they would normally start in August. Let me tell you, August football practice 
because it's still like <laughs> just blazing hot outside. Yeah, you'd have to wear pads and run, and yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, at the time that I was doing it, I knew I hated doing it. I just felt like it was something <laughs> that was expected of me. You know, you're you're a kid, you play. You're a teenager, you play football, but. Uh, so they're going to go ahead with the season uh, for Texas high schools. Uh, that was determined yesterday. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and go around the room, talk about everything that we're working on today. Uh, Joanna, you're going to have entertainment news coming up later. What do you have in entertainment on the way? Warner Brothers has now set up their very own coronavirus snitch hotline. Dang. They created an anonymous tip line in Europe so that cast and crew can snitch on anyone that's breaking COVID-19 safety protocols. Interesting. (laughs) Kind of here for it. You call in the line and it's like, suffer and succotash. (laughs) Who do you have to report? (laughs) They have the different characters. That'd be so cool. I snitch on everybody. Be very quiet. <laughs> and tell me who is breaking the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> the studio is getting ready to start uh, production in the UK, where movies like The Batman and the latest Fantastic Beasts movie are being filmed. All right. I read a report <laughs> yesterday mm-hmm. saying that any blockbuster movies like uh, Tenet, Mm-hmm. You know, which they they push back again. Those kind of movies probably aren't going to be released until 2021, just because they don't Sucks. have enough places to release them. <laughs> right. You know, not enough theaters are open to show new uh, first run movies. I know, because how many do we have in town normally that are on theaters? In, yeah, like a ten at least, right? Yeah, probably yeah. ten. And right 12. now we have one. There's yeah, one. There's one. And you bet your bottom dollar, I would be elbowing children to get there first for Mulan. So, yeah. All right. Mulan was supposed to come out. Yeah. Does anybody remember? Um, it was supposed to come out like March 24th. Black Widow was supposed to, I oh, think, have been out already. May. Yeah, in May. May. Tenet is a Christopher Nolan movie he's that the I was only really one. looking forward to. Yeah. He's the only one that's like, hey, I'll release it. Just give us some theaters to release it in. Who's that? The Tenant movie. They're the oh. only one because the rest mm. of them just keep pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing well, back. Well, Tenant right now is pushed back and they haven't even set a date as to when <sighs> it will come back to theater. Now, this article that I read, the person who wrote it uh, was writing for Hollywood Reporter and they seem pretty confident that it's not going to be this year. Not this <laughs> that year. That it's going to be next year sometime. Um, Lisa, news. I know we touched a little bit on news, but what what do you have coming up today? Well, another retailer is requiring face masks. This time it's going to be Home Depot. They are going to be requiring all shoppers to wear face coverings inside their stores beginning today. They're joining uh, a large amount of retailers, including Walmart, Target, CVS, Walgreens, uh, that are going to continue to mandate that masks be worn as the cases for COVID-19 continue to go up. CDC does remember, uh, remember they do recommend that you wear masks or face coverings as a way to prevent the spread of the virus. Uh, speaking of that information, a lot of people might be wondering how did the press, uh, the president's uh, coronavirus press briefing go yesterday? You know, we knew he was going to do it. And uh, what did he do? I, From the clips I'm seeing, it doesn't look like he brought along Dr. Fauci. I don't know if any of the other doctors were off in the wings, but uh, we'll have some of the clips coming up in today in sound clips. Uh, um, 
just a preview. Uh, he was saying you should wear a mask. He was also uh, trying to imply that he had been pro-mask all along and that he frequently wore masks and that you should do it as well. <laughs> so I guess the message was right, but then it was like there was some revisionist history even when he gives out information, it's like, oh, okay, well, the president is is finally giving out information that, that might be accurate. Mm-hmm. He's still got to put some kind of, you know, untruthful <laughs> spit on it, like that he's always been for masks. Like we can't just fact yeah, check on, that ourselves dude. already. <laughs> fact check it. <laughs> if, you, if you ever turned on the news, you know that, they, that he, you know, people begged him to wear masks. Um, so we have a lot... Uh, coming up today, uh, that's not necessarily hard news, but Alex Trebek has a biography coming out, and it comes out tomorrow. Oh. And one of the websites put together like twenty highlights from the from the Alex Trebek book, and there's some, there's some pretty interesting nice. stuff on there. So. Um, talk about that coming up. He is a treasure. Oh, yeah. He'll be 80 on uh, Friday. So his oh, book comes yeah. out Thursday. Alex Trebek turns 80 on Friday. Uh, all right. We're going to have a COVID-19 update. There's a world leader, not an American world leader, uh-huh. who has suggested what you need to do with your mask is soak them in gasoline Interesting. to kill all the coronavirus. Is that good advice? Well, I'm not going to leave that just hanging out there because I don't want anybody. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I feel like I need to say. It's like, well, I could tease that out, and then you no, can find no. out. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, <laughs> definitely do not do that. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, you want to you want to get into this latest uh, coronavirus stuff? Yeah. All right, let's do it. You got any uh, state news? Most of my stuff is national we don't usually get the local updates until you know a little later in the show so do do you have anything uh from from texas specifically uh let me get the case map out real quick so it looks like texans are in the hospital as of july 21st there's about 10,848 texans in the hospital right now that's 279 more than a week ago 448 texans or el paso Texans. Okay. 10,848 Texans. And then 279 more than a week ago. So they're occupying right now about 19.6% of Texas hospital beds. So new cases that were reported yesterday, that would be 9,305 for the state of Texas. There were 59,020 viral tests reported on July 20th. Uh, That makes the positivity rate right now, that is the percentage of positive cases to viral tests conducted over seven days, at 15%. Remember, they were trying to keep it below the 10% threshold. And the uh, number of people who passed away, Texans, uh, 4,151 Texans have died as of July 21st. That is 131 more deaths than the day before and 829 more than a week ago. All right, uh, nationwide, new daily cases in the U.S. Numbers from yesterday, there were 64,031 new diagnoses. And there were over 1,000 deaths in the U.S. from COVID-19 yesterday. 1,070 was the tally from yesterday. The United States 
now has over 4 million confirmed cases. And it looks like we're going to be coming up before too long uh, unless something is, you know, done to drastically change the course. Mm -hmm. The total worldwide deaths from COVID-19 is, it stands now at 619,500. So they they caught you know the grim milestone. Mm-hmm. They they called when it passed half a half a million. It it looks like all you know barring any kind of miracle or a sudden scientific breakthrough, it looks like this will hit uh, a million within the next couple of months. On the medical front, and I don't think this is going to be seen as good news by anybody, but a doctor in Israel might have the virus again. Three months after he first tested positive, recovered. Uh, so that was one of the big questions is, are you immune if you get it and right. recover? It's looking more and more like maybe the answer is no. Oh, no. You're not immune. Also, a new symptom to look for uh, look for is tiny red dots hmm. in your mouth. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, talking about the antibodies, there's a new study out that is suggesting that the antibodies actually may fade in as little as two months after infection in certain people who have recovered. Now, this was the study was conducted in China and published in Nature Ma- uh, Medicine. They're saying that they found that people with COVID-19 who never developed symptoms they actually see their antibodies fade more quickly than those who test positive and also come down with the signs and symptoms of COVID-19. They say that the study, though it was small and did have some limitations, it really is providing greater insight into um, the coronavirus. And most people who've recovered, they do develop antibodies, but the extent and the duration of that protection is still unknown. Um, They're saying they um, compared the immune responses from asymptomatic people diagnosed with COVID to uh, patients that had symptoms. They said 40% became negative for antibodies early on in their recovery. And those are the people that were asymptomatic. That is compared to just 13% of people who actually developed symptoms. They say that the asymptomatic patients reported lower levels of the small proteins that are released in the body after uh, an infection. And the data is suggesting that asymptomatic people had a weaker immune response to the virus in itself. Um, And this is kind of going what Dr. Fauci was saying about varying antibody protection in different people. Like, so they're saying that the antibody response, it's not uniformly robust for everyone. Uh, They say that uh, this is something that can change from person to person. Mm -hmm. And so they're saying the durability of the immunity Um, It's probably going to range about three to six months, but almost always less than a year. All right. I want to talk a little bit about Ireland's COVID tracker app, which uh, has done a a really good job with contact tracing. Well, now they're making the code open source so other countries can use it. Interesting. That's cute. Thinking that Americans are going to download any kind of tracker app. I mean, other than the we dozen or so that they have on your phone already. But. We'll allow the location on our Facebook, on our Twitter, yeah. but definitely not going to try and stop a one. pandemic. We're not going to do that. That's <laughs> the one that, that gets TikTok me. Is, I'm not going to let. I'm not going to get the vaccine because they'll be able to track me. 
as you type Said this on me. your phone <laughs> <laughs> that you carry everywhere. But here's Said Karen as she typed it into Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's an ad they're running, uh, trying to get as many people in Ireland to use the COVID tracker app. There. Yeah. People. Too many people in the United States are worried about being tracked by things that clearly could not track you like anything injected in a vaccine. People were freaking out when they realized that their phone had this COVID tracking thing and they were like, don't turn it on. And that's why the the phone towers went down a few hours that other day. Did they kind of give up on the whole uh, 5G? Uh, 5G is some I, kind of big plot and gives I you coronavirus. Not, I, that's like disappeared. Yeah. And and you never see anybody go, guys, uh, I'm not posting about this anymore because I realized it was idiotic. No, My it's bad. more of like, no, look. It's, like, it's on to the next thing, things. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, Will Black Friday even happen this year? Walmart just announced that its stores won't be open on Thanksgiving for the first time in decades. Oh, that's good. I want to point out, though, they could open at midnight and that would still be Black Friday, wouldn't it? Yeah. That was kind of when the Black Friday phenomenon first started happening. That was the whole thing. You would camp out until midnight to Mm -hmm. go. And then it got earlier and earlier until eventually... People were shopping on Tuesday, (laughs) almost. But I remember when I was little, I was like in the in elementary school. We would eat Thanksgiving dinner, and then my aunts would disappear, and I'm where's Auntie Chacha? Where's Auntie? And they'd be, oh, they're going to Best Buy to wait it out for the Black Friday deals. I'm like, what? I mean, just because stores aren't going to be open on Thanksgiving doesn't mean they they can't open on midnight. But I. I mean, because of the pandemic, there's a chance that they right. And just do because that. they're saying that they're not going to be open doesn't mean that that doesn't necessarily mean there's not going to be workers there working preparing for Black Friday stuff. Yeah. A woman on Etsy is making a lot of money selling masks with anti-mask messages on them. They say things okay. like, "This mask is useless." And my governor is an idiot. Okay. What's Karen's last name? Do you know? <laughs> you know, I don't even think it's just one person. I've seen these pop up enough on Etsy that I think like multiple people have gotten into the game. Look, they're wearing a mask. I don't, I can't complain about that. Right. <laughs> I, I was trying to look on the bright side. It's like, I guess at least they're wearing a mask. Like begrudgingly, they wore a mask. Here is a trend that is going on. Uh, and has been spotted in the U.S. People are now using their loved ones' obituaries to call out governors for not I doing enough to protect people. Headline, but That's I didn't intense. read the article. Yeah. So in the obituaries of family members, loved ones who have died of COVID-19, they're using it to call out and shame uh, governors that they feel aren't doing enough. A lot of it has been directed at Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's been directed at the at the Georgia governor. Not only to call them out, but also to invite them to attend the funeral. So uh. that is a uh, trend that's going on right now. And the president of the Philippines. That's that Duterte. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that nice guy. Yeah, right. There's a lot of problems with this guy, but mm-hmm. Uh, President Duarte, Duarte. I think I said it wrong the first time, but President Duarte 
told the Philippine people that it is safe to disinfect their mask with gasoline. It is not. Uh, first of all, those are noxious fumes, especially if you put it right over your face with a mask. Uh, second of all, all of a sudden, your mask, which is probably like a fire hazard to begin with, <laughs> is now a, f- a fire hazard that's been soaked in gasoline. So. He's like, even better if you light it, the mask is going to effectively keep you from breathing in the virus. You may die, but the virus won't get it. Uh, so people have been drawing comparisons between Duarte and Trump for a long time. And I got to say, I think Trump's comments about injecting disinfectant still kind of top, as, as far as bad advice, I think that still kind of tops uh, cleaning a mask in, in gasoline. I'm expecting if he's following the Trump playbook that later today, Duarte will come out and say that he was obviously joking just to troll the media and the libs. So <laughs> I'm expecting that announcement sometime later today. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I've got the Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events, and today is National Hot Dog Day. And there are a few places that have deals on hot dogs. Uh, We'll get to that coming up a little bit later in the Mo Show calendar. Today's also National Hammock Day. I used to have a hammock, but then I got large dogs, and it became (laughs) a problem because if Mm -hmm. I wanted to lay in the hammock, they would decide that they're going to lay up there next to me. So they oh. would jump up. And, but yeah, but then it would be off balance and we would both get dumped out of the hammock. <laughs> so I'd just let them have the hammock. And they slept on it for a long time. But then eventually, like, <laughs> their claws, they shredded the... I don't have a hammock anymore. Long story short, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. But today's National Hammock Day. <laughs> uh, it's also National Rat Catchers Day. Let's take a look at some celebrities having birthdays. This is a day where there are a lot of famous people having birthdays. So if you're having a birthday, first of all, happy birthday. But you also share it with people like Selena Gomez, who is 28 today. Comedian and actor David Spade is 56. And also John Leguizamo is 56 uh, as well. Actor Willem Dafoe is 65. And uh, from the Eagles, drummer and vocalist Don Henley is having a birthday. Uh, to not only the Eagles, he also had a big solo career too. Don Henley, 73. The same age as comedic genius Albert Brooks. Did you guys ever watch... Uh, Defending your life? No, no. but I watched uh, Finding Nemo. Okay. Oh, right. And he's the voice of... He's the dad, the right? Dad. Uh, Albert Brooks is 73 today. Actor Danny Glover is 74. Played uh, Roger Murtaugh in the Lethal Weapon movies. Turned 74 today. Boy, he thought he was too old for this... Back then, he was only like 50. <laughs> yeah. A funk legend, maybe one of the grandfathers of funk, George Clinton of Parliament Funkadelic, 79 today. And I was talking about Alex Trebek earlier, and I said his birthday was on Friday. I guess I got mm-hmm. that wrong. His birthday's today. Oh! Actually, Alex Trebek is 80. 
and looking looking good. I mean, even with the, yeah. the cancer diagnosis and everything he's going through. He did say on GMA uh, yesterday that his hair is gone because of the treatment mm. and that he wears a toupee, but... No. But as long as he pressure. tells me that his mustache isn't a toupee mustache. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Alex Trebek is 80 today. And one of the uh, one of the great actors, Terrence Stamp, is 82, who played General Zod uh, in Superman 2. And, uh, you know, he's been a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Former presidential candidate and World War II hero and retired U.S. Senator, all of those things describe Bob Dole, who is 97. Wow. Yeah, former U.S. Senator and Congressman from Kansas, uh, Bob Dole, is 97. Here's a date in history. Uh, I remember this being all over the news when it happened, just barely because I was so young, but I remember 29 years ago, 1991, Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested in Milwaukee. Police found 11 skulls and three torsos sealed in a vat plus other body parts in his apartment. So that was when we first heard the name Jeffrey Dahmer. 29 years ago, 1991. Mm. All right, as I mentioned, today is National Hot Dog Day. And here's what's going on. Wiener Schnitzel has a five chili dogs for $5 deal. And 7-Eleven mm. is selling $1 big bites uh, you got to go through their app for that. So, <laughs> we don't know how Buzz feels about that. Yeah. You're a big fan. Not worth it. Uh, a dollar hot dog. I'll gladly pay the the full freight as long as I don't have to download an app on my phone. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. And happy birthday to Alex Trebek, the Jeopardy host who is uh, battling cancer. And you know, I think. Everybody's in Alex's corner, of course. Uh, Alex turns 80 today. Also, his book, Alex Trebek's memoir, The Answer Is, comes out tomorrow. But E! News put out a list of 20 surprises from oh. Alex Trebek's uh, memoir. Let me hear them. Well, I don't think I'm going to do all 20, but, yeah, you know, I narrowed down to like five. One. Yeah, okay. So, um, his wife, Jean, is 24 years younger than he is, but they've been married for 29 years. Aww. And he remembers that when he first met her dad, he took one look at him and said, I guess I won't be calling you son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex uh, talks about how he he didn't have any vices, and so he wanted to pick up a vice so that people wouldn't think he was judging them. So he started uh, putting curse words into his vocabulary from time to time. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> can, can you imagine? It's like, well, you know, I don't want to make people feel bad. So yeah. I'm going to start cursing. So I don't <laughs> smoke. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm going to curse. So he started cursing. Uh, he says, though, that instead of coming off as like, you know, a regular person, he came off as a jerk. So he quit cursing. To, t- to try drinking, but that he really didn't like drinking, so he doesn't drink all that much. He says, occasionally I'll have a glass of Chardonnay, but my drink of choice is low-fat milk. 
it's become a habit. No offense. No. Oh my God, Alex Trebek is Ned Flanders. I know. <laughs> like not even chocolate milk. I drink low-fat milk and Chardonnay, but not together. <laughs> that would be a little weird. Alex had an unexpected encounter with pot brownies at a party back in the day. I've heard of this story. <laughs> so this what? is this is in the memoir. He says uh, he was at somebody's house. Quote, the host said, go ahead, help yourself. And I had four or five of them. Nobody warned him? I did not realize they were hash brownies. Oh, my God. But he goes on. The party was on a Friday night. The drugs knocked me out so much, I spent the weekend laid out in their guest bedroom and didn't leave their home until Monday morning. (laughs) Talk about embarrassment. Can you imagine you have that party and you're like, who's that guy on the couch? Hey, that's Alex Alex Trebek, man. He's been here for two days. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I Do guess we feed him <laughs> like like pot brownies could be very very strong if you if you ate four or five of them they could really oh, knock you sure. on your ass. So one of them. I don't know be. about for a whole weekend. Well, he but, said he's never had any vices. You know, he's never had any experience yeah. with it. So he's probably like and that. Then probably he probably did. just went ham on those brownies. Has anybody ever had a pot brownie when uh, you were in a state? Let's say that was it was legal. Uh, how how about legal. a state of I didn't know that they were pop brownies? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that happened to me once. Yeah, my friend's dad thought it'd be funny to drug us, so he gave us weed butter. Oh, on guess our toast. What? On your toast. Wait, your dad's friend? Was my, this the, my friend's dad? Your friend's dad? Yeah. Was he the one who was in Jefferson Airplane? No, no, oh, okay. no, no, not that. Because well, mine was a celebrity story. No, mine was just yeah. I, one of my friends' dads. He actually was a, a grower. He grew uh, marijuana as a, a like a side gig, and so you mean as a criminal enterprise? No, because it was when it was legal. You could grow it medically. Oh, okay. So he had. <laughs> I mean, probably the amount he was growing wasn't legal. It's probably but, not legal to give it to children either. Oh no, totally. Well, <laughs> you were eighteen, I think, maybe seventeen at the time. But suspicious. Yeah, a little suspicious. By the way, there's a lot of medical evidence that shows that that marijuana for a, a child's developing brain is really not a good choice. I just I was never into it as a kid. It just I didn't like how you can't you don't know what you like. Not that you don't know, but like you're not in control of yourself. I don't know. And I also would just get really tired and sleep, so it seemed pointless to me. But uh, yeah, so he could he gave us weed butter on our toast, and then yeah, no, I was. I was out for the rest of the day. I just was like, ah, Mandy's looking for me. Like, where's Lisa? She's passed out over 20 there. some odd years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Chong was in town. And nice. Tommy used to come in and spend a couple of days with us in the studio. So, we, I, like, I had already known Tommy from, from years before. Uh, the second day he was in with us, Somebody came, like the receptionist at the time, came and said, uh, somebody brought some some homemade brownies for your guest. Cute. And Tommy said, and, and my policy had always been, you know, unless I know who they came from, uh, yeah, I, I was hesitant. But Tommy said, oh, cool, bring them back. <laughs> so she did. Love she brought it. the brownies back. And Tommy's like, Try some, man. Well, my vice at the time was 
snacks. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and these were good. <laughs> oh, my God. They were like the best brownies I ever tasted. I had like four of them. And it absolutely put me out of commission for the rest of the day. <laughs> the entire rest of the day. And I wasn't Seven fully recovered. Seven o'clock at the night, day. Buzz is still here at work. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I can't drive home. Yeah. So, so my first real experience with the sensation of being high, I, I guess a couple of times before that, people had said, hey, try this. And I would just cough and get sick, and I hated it. But like the first time it's like, oh, this is what it feels like to be high was because Tommy Chong gave me brownies and I was too much of a square. Because Buzz <laughs> took <laughs> know what was going. Do it. If you're going to do it, do it with do Tommy, Tommy Chong. Chong. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's it's a good story. To go to. Uh, finally, something else in Alex Trebek's memoir. Uh, he has an unorthodox approach to breakfast. This is what Alex says about his breakfast habits. For years, my breakfast of choice was a Snickers and a Diet Coke. Then my doctor lectured me about changing that. So now it's a Kit Kat and a Diet Pepsi. I love that. Happy uh, 80th uh, birthday, Alex Trebek. You are are beloved, um, not only for Jeopardy, but also for offering cheap insurance for old people. I don't know if you've seen those commercials, but it's like... Uh, it, no matter what condition they throw at him, it's like you pay only nine ninety nine a month, and it's like <laughs> I died two days ago. You pay only nine ninety nine a month. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I'm giving a heads up so you have a couple of days to plan. But Friday is National Tequila Day, guys. Interesting. And I, I don't know if this Friday. was in connection. I, like, I don't know if The Rock knew it was National Tequila, but he made a video earlier this week of him making an ice cream sundae with tequila. He owns a tequila company, so he probably just pumps these out all the time. Does every celebrity own a tequila now? Oh, yeah. No, he was actually driving, I think, through Texas before the pandemic, promoting his tequila. Because you see them do that. Like, I think we had like 50 Cent right. out here promoting his line of whatever he had. Uh, but the the Rock was doing it too, and he's like, "I want to meet the people that are going to be drinking a drink." I'm the people. Yeah, the Rock. Yeah, meet us. Bring us some tequila. Ron White did. <laughs> meet us. Yeah. <laughs> are you better than Ron White, The Rock? <laughs> um, how would you guys feel if I watched the Rock video and then I try to recreate try to recreate Sunday? it and bring you guys some samples on Friday? for National Tequila Day. Sure. You, yeah. You try an ice cream sundae with tequila? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I bought, a, <laughs> about a month ago, I bought a, a beer that's like a root beer flavored beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are cool. And my plan was, I'm going to make a float <laughs> yeah, with yeah. this. But I just... Uh, you drank it? it no. I you like. Just- I'm, I keep you putting can't it bring off. Yourself to yeah. make a beer float. Float because I think it's going to be terrible. Have you tried the <laughs> the root beer beer on its own? No, I only bought the one bottle, so, <laughs> so I've never so tried it's it. Only one chance. Do not miss your they, chance. They at the state fair a couple of years ago. Steve and I went. That was one of the years we went. Every other year, or so we go to OU Texas. Uh-huh. So we were up there, and the big thing, you know, every time at the state fair, they got kind of like the the food item that is being talked about that yeah. year it was the 
the uh, beer with ice cream floats and Oreos in it. So Steve got one of those. And I tried it, and it ruined both the beer and the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> the beer ruined the oh, ice cream, no. and the ice cream ruined the beer. <laughs> Fans built a shrine for the canceled San Diego Comic-Con. So I guess Comic-Con is off. Uh, some people were pointing out, you know, Comic-Con is a place where, where a lot of people are already wearing a mask. You get a Darth Vader, a Deadpool. You got a lot of people walking around with masks. Not everybody, though. And those things are the opposite of social distancing. I mean, if you've ever been, I've never been to the San Diego one, but it's I've been to where some big a lot ones, of people who already were social distancing yeah. decide <laughs> right. to not know, socialize. Yeah, that's where they get exposed. You know, I was thinking of all the things that is just not safe to have, and it's not. It goes against best practices recommendation. There was one. Uh, subgroup uh, that might be able to go ahead and do stuff as regular and that is would anybody care to guess who furries furries ah. <laughs> well you they said you can catch it though through through a furry mask fluids oh oh okay so the furry thing is all about sex right I don't know See, I don't know I'm, either. From what I've seen on TV, yeah. I could be wrong, though. Don't. So wait a minute. You're saying the people are turned on by the other people in... in furries are basically mascot costumes, you know? And, and some of them are I'm not sexy, but they're completely it's covered. About sex. I'm saying I think society has <laughs> said it's about sex. But if you're turned on by that... Do they then go back to their room or whatever? Because a lot of these are in hotels, and and the the costume comes off, or do they leave the costume on? I'm assuming they <laughs> but leave. Like, the, how do they do it? <laughs> they leave probably the the head on. The you think they leave the head on, or the mask, or whatever it is? Yeah. Um, I would assume they leave that mask on. Yeah. The head, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. If there's any furries out there that want to like, I've seen pretty. Of, I've seen plenty of safe for work photos from from a furry convention. You know that people posted yeah, online. Yeah. I just don't know what happens after that. <laughs> <We're>, inquiry minds <laughs> want to know what happens after. Has dark. anyone been to a? Uh, yeah, anyone who's listening, if you've been to a furry convention, or into correct that thing, us if we're wrong, please. Yeah, I, I assume. We had a guy who was in a seven-person relationship. We don't judge here. We just want to know details. We're curious. It's got to be a sex thing, though, right? Because I would assume. Again, society has said it is. Maybe they could be wrong. Maybe they're... Maybe it's not. Maybe they're into cuddling, and you're real soft and fluffy when you're in right. a furry costume. Which means that the costume would stay on during whatever else <laughs> you were like doing, still, which would make it safe. Where does the costume go? <laughs> Like do and also do they just rip it off or do they hang it up? Like do you like have a proper way of putting your furry costume away before do you, you leave a tail on? What if you're really attracted paw? to the costume, but then the costume comes off and you're not at all attracted to the person inside the costume? Wouldn't leave it be hard to on. sleep with like the head on? I don't know if they necessarily sleep. I mean, well, no, I just mean in general. Like, well, yeah, if you're gonna like be in bed with someone cuddling. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be mm -hmm. uncomfortable with that head? Because it's obviously bigger than it your looked, 
I'm there's not, two heads. You're talking to the wrong person if you're trying to find some <laughs> kind of rationale for being attracted to somebody who's dressed up as a mascot, all right? I don't I don't get that. I'm not shaming anybody for doing it. God well, knows you don't know. you don't need my help. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a paw stays on. So uh, the president spoke you can yesterday. Pet him with <laughs> one paw. Sorry. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. A uh, few posts over at BuzzAdamsShow dot com. You got one about Big Red. Yes. Big you guys Red. Know Big Red soda, right? Is Big? Yeah. Am I right in thinking Big Red is kind of a Texas drink, or is it a Southern thing? Because I always associate. Big Red and also Dr. Pepper. Right. With being in Texas. Apparently Big Red is also made here in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Um and so I have family in San Antonio who are obsessed with it. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what it's like. You know what it you know what it really you know what the flavor is, right? What is it? Cream soda. It's like is cream it? soda, but it's what? red. Have you ever had a Big Red? No, and now I want one. I love cream soda. I love cream soda. And I'm like such a big fan. Basically what Big Red is. And I'll, I'm a Dr. Pepper person, but I'll admit like a Big Red hits the spot sometimes. Sometimes, right? But my cousins up in San Antonio love it. And I don't I understand the obsession. I feel so lied to because I did not, I never drank it because the red color freaked me out. <laughs> did I was you like, think it was like a cinnamon? Yeah, I thought it was like cinnamon. No, 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 no. It's like a cream soda. Yes. I, I thought, thought it was Big Red thing. Gum. The, I thought it was cinnamon, and I was like, ew, why oh, are you guys right. cinnamon I for, soda? You know what? I had totally forgot that yeah. there was a gum. <laughs> exactly. So I thought it was like cinnamon-flavored soda. I'm like, well, that's disgusting. Now exactly. I feel lied to. I thought the same thing. All right, thing, but, but this, is about, this is about a, a Big Red-inspired beer. Yes. Right? And it was, it's a brewing company up in San Antonio because of the obsession over there. Nice. And they created this Big Red-inspired soda. It actually has the Big Red in it, and they called it Big Rojo, but they had to change the name. And they said, according to them, it's lawyer thing, so they changed it to Wild Rojo, and they ran out. They you know, I don't know if it's three the, minutes. I don't know if it's the name, but or if it's the logo is a clear copy of the Big Red right. <laughs> logo. They I mean. had to change a few things, so it's called Wild Rojo now, and it has like a Texas logo on it instead. Uh, but they ran out in three minutes, and because they've had so many people ordering it, their system crashed. What? So now they've created kind of like a wait list, and they're saying, hey, you're going to have to wait until August before ah. we can get this back to you. But it was such can a Can you order it if you don't live in the area? Yes, and you have to be on a wait list now. All right, what's the name of the brewery? It's again? called Isla Bre- Isla Street Brewing. And it's in San Antonio. You can get on the wait list. You can order it from them. They sold out in three minutes. All right. I found it. I've got a post about (laughs) different rock band masks that you can buy. Some of them might be official merchandise, but it's like an Etsy. I don't think any of it (laughs) is official. But uh, they got, like, from the Misfits, their skull logo. You can get a mask with that on it. You can get a mask that makes your face look like Gene Simmons' face from the from the nose down. There are a lot of those. There's one with a picture of Sting and his band and the words, Don't stand. Don't stand so close. Don't stand so close to me. Nice. And uh, you can go check them out. ACDC, Queen, many others. And uh, Karen 
is uh, what happened to Becky, by the way? I used to think the thing was she I was thought Karen Becky with the good hair. Yeah, or Becky, look at her butt. But now it, Karen is... I thought it was. It went by ages. Like it was like Karen's the mom. Becky's like the daughter who's the just daughter. as terrible. I don't know any Becky's under the age of forty, though. I mean, <laughs> that's not really like a name you hear a lot of people. It was Becky. a popular name when I was a kid. Like there were plenty of Beckys. Anyway, uh, lately these Karens. Let me give you the definition according to Wikipedia. A Karen is a woman perceived to be entitled or demanding beyond the scope of what is considered appropriate. Mm -hmm. In other words, a woman. No, I'm sorry. No laughing at that at all. Just crickets. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, okay. Um, Lately, uh, these so-called Karens are being spotted in MMMs. Mask meltdown moments. Like this Karen who got kicked out of a Walmart... And called the people who were wearing masks cult members. <laughs> or, or this woman who wasn't wearing a mask got kicked out of a Verizon store, so she pulled down her pants, urinated in the Verizon store. Stop. There's the Karen who didn't want to wear a mask in Home Depot because of white power. So, and uh, I posted this video. It's. Uh, Sanchez actually told me about this when somebody put together a Karen's Gone Wild yeah. COVID-19 real Karen's <laughs> out of control. So thank you. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, we're set to get into entertainment news with Joanna Barba coming up here in just a moment. Uh, here's a preview of what's on TV tonight. You might be interested in watching CBS has Game On. Which I haven't seen, but it seems like there are a lot of shows where it's just like, hey, let's have celebrities play games. (laughs) That seems to be very popular. The uh, celebrity guests are Kevin Nealon and Terrell Owens. There's a series premiere of a dating show on Netflix. You could start watching this today. It's called Love on the Spectrum. And if you're thinking... Is it about autism? And it's exactly what it's about. It's a dating oh. reality series with people on the autism spectrum. Interesting. That is on Netflix uh, today. BET has a special tonight, American Injustice, the fight for police reform. So if you're interested in learning about that, you can. If Or you could hate watch it, which I guess a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> would do. Yeah. <laughs> There's stuff I hate watch for sure. You know what a good show is? Have you guys ever seen it's on CNN and it's a comedian W. Kamal Bell who has oh. a show called United Shades of America. I haven't watched it, but I keep seeing the commercials come up. It looks interesting. It's very interesting. This is the third season, which just started this week. Like in the very first episode, uh, Kamal, who, who's an African-American uh, guy and a comedian, a funny guy, actually met with a KKK member, like a grand dragon of the KKK. Mm-hmm. And they, he met him and sat down and the KKK guy kept his hood on the whole time and showed him like the process of burning a cross and, you know, laid out for him why white people are genetically or I guess superior in every sort of way. So 
not every one of them is about white supremacy. They have different uh, topics, you know, uh, different groups of people. But l- l- this week's was also about white supremacy. And I thought he had a pretty good illustration. So he, he illustrated racism as an iceberg. You know, only the tip is sticking out above the water. And he was mm-hmm. saying, well, imagine people in the KKK or neo-Nazis. Those are the people that are the tip of the iceberg above the thing. But there's all kinds of racism that's kind of below the level, like it's under the water. But it mm-hmm. makes up the bulk of the iceberg, most of the iceberg is is not seeing a lot of and most of the racism so when you tell somebody uh hey that's racist if you're talking to somebody who's on that part of the iceberg that's underneath the water they may honestly say no it's not because they only think of racism as being what's above the water you know the tip of the iceberg Uh i'm not in the kkk and he had a guest on and the guest made i thought was just an amazing point you you know a lot of a lot of people who are prejudiced say, but I have friends who are fill in the blank. And what this guy said is you could be somebody and your actual best friend could be black, but you could fall somewhere on this iceberg underneath the water. You're not in the KKK. Your best friend is actually black, but there's all kinds of things that are just part of America and have been from the beginning where it's been kind of set up that the white race is is the primary race and all others but especially black uh, are not and I would recommend you watch it especially that episode I thought was really re- made a made a good point I thought all right time for entertainment news Hollywood chit chat with Joanna Barbacoa good morning Joanna good morning and a very happy 80th birthday to Alex Trebek happy birthday Aww. I've got some uh, excerpts from his book which comes yeah. out tomorrow Alex Trebek turns 80 today well the jeopardy host has chosen his unlikely successor we all know he's battling stage four pancreatic cancer and although he has voiced no official retirement plans in the midst of his health battle he's joked that in the event that he does step back he wants his pop culture favorite to take over miss betty white who is pushing 98 actually so who knows how long that will last he says that she's a longtime pal and over the year the two have shared banter and a fun flirtation in 2018 betty white told the post that she enjoys watching jeopardy because first it's such a good game and second she happens to have a huge crush on host alex trebek Alex Trebek has Aww. been doing a lot of interviews with his book coming out. And one thing that he talks about uh, in one of the interviews, and he talks about the book, is that there was a, a rule change on Jeopardy mm-hmm. that they put in place after the second season. Alex Trebek started doing Jeopardy in 84. And here's uh, he details the rule change that they had to make after season, I believe, two. When I watch Jeopardy even today, while they're asking the while Alex is asking the question, they're jamming, uh-huh. they're hitting that button as much as they can. Yeah, you got to just get there even if you don't know the answer. And they said <laughs> the, Alex said the main reason for the change was because when people were buzzing in before the question was even asked, uh-huh. it, it it ruined it for people playing along at home. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> You know, but it's a strategy if you are a, yeah. a geologist and the category has to do with geology well for the 200 hundred dollar question 
you got to assume you're going to know it. So you just, you know, you just hit the button as soon as you can. But they changed that mm-hmm. rule. Well, Trebek has hosted the long running Jeopardy since 1984 and is contracted through 2022. First, the NBA did it, and now Warner Brothers has created an anonymous tip line in Europe so that the cast and crew can snitch on anyone breaking COVID-19 safety protocols. They've also hired safety consultants to ease people's concerns on the set because they need to be, quote, their own strictest police force. The studio is getting to restart production in the UK where blockbusters like The Batman and the latest Fantastic Beasts movies are being filmed. And finally, Kanye West started tweeting out craziness from his Wyoming ranch, saying Kim Kardashian was trying to have him locked up and that the movie Get Out was about him. Well, now everyone (laughs) is concerned, even so much that Dave Chappelle was concerned and paid him a little visit to check in on him. Uh, Do you want to hear a little audio of of the visit? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that Dave Chappelle might have been there at the request of the Kardashian of his loved ones. Yeah, maybe like somebody reached out to him and said, hey, you know, Kanye values your opinion. Maybe you should go check on him. In the video, you can see Kanye's got, you know, his crew, a few guys, and Dave Chappelle's got a few guys with him. And based on that, you know, it was like under 10 people, but... Based on that, I think they doubled the number of African Americans in the state of Wyoming. <laughs> they just increased it by 100% just between Dave Chappelle and his friends and Kanye and his friends. Some of the wilder posts, uh, he, he tweeted, NBC locked up Bill Cosby. Uh, he tweeted, if I get locked, how did NBC lock up Bill Cosby? I don't I don't know. know. It's the only thing they locked him into was a multi-million dollar, multi-year <laughs> deal. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted, if I get locked up like Mandela, y'all will know why. Okay. He vented that Shia LaBeouf was supposed to do a photo shoot for his line of Gap clothing, but never showed up. <laughs> um, several sources say that Kim and her family are desperately trying to get Kanye back to L.A., so that he can get some help. So yeah, one on, of his tweets was like, "I'm in Wyoming. Come and get me." <laughs> on the on the one hand, there are a lot of people who are saying, "Listen, don't make fun of Kanye because he is, uh, you know, a person with mental problems." He's talked before about mm-hmm. being uh, manic depressive. So this would be a manic episode that he's in right now. And I get not making fun of somebody who's who's mentally ill. And needs to be under, you know, supervision. But at the same time, when he when he gets up in front of people and says things like Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves, she just had the slaves go work for other white people. It, it, it's kind of the duty of historians to say, well, no, that's not true. You know, with that, but you right, got to walk a line. It's people like people are listening to what he says, right? Because otherwise, people are going to hear that and and take it as the truth. So, right. it kind of reminds me of Roseanne. Even when Roseanne was melting down, and we were talking about it, and she ended up losing her show, they killed her off of her own show. I felt kind of bad because it's like, well, obviously she's going through, you know, an episode of some kind. 
But at the same time, you can't, you know, call people the kind of things that Roseanne was calling people without some kind of repercussions. I thought Lisa brought up a good point. If you've got a manic depressive person mm-hmm. and uh, they're tweeting out to 50 people or they're just, you know, spouting off at the neighborhood tavern or something, it's not the same concern as if it's somebody who's not only running for president, but they actually included Kanye in one of the one of the polls and he would have gotten as much as 2% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody who has a very large disposable income and can kind of do whatever right. he wants. Most people don't have an unlimited budget. And by extension, most mentally ill people don't have <laughs> uh an unlimited budget, but right. Kanye does, and yeah, the the word is that uh, I've also heard that Kim told him before he went and did his campaign rally not to bring up specific things, and when he did, that 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 might have been the last straw for uh, for Kim and Kanye. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. As we get into the fifth and final hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show, it is also the El Paso hour. I used to say El Paso exclusive, but that's not accurate because we still have listeners uh, tuning in from across Texas and really around the world. And, you know, everybody's welcome in this hour, but it is the the hour that we really get to focus on things that are happening locally. And I think maybe the biggest story uh, today was a vote yesterday by city council uh, that was tied for a piece. Mayor DeMargo broke the tie, and we uh, we welcomed the mayor to the show. Thank you, uh, Mayor, for being on with us again. Sure, Buzz. Happy to be here. All right, so the question uh, that was tied, you broke the tie, uh, was whether or not to release information on specific locations where there had been COVID-19 clusters. And also up for discussion was a plan to, for additional city virus testing sites. So four to four, your vote was to not release that information about locations of COVID-19 clusters and to reject the plan for additional uh, testing sites. Uh, can you describe the executive session? Was this the only topic that was, uh, or these two, I guess, were the only topics uh, discussed? Was it specific to these topics? We were given uh, legal advice that I referenced in open session that said, under state statutes, it is a privacy issue, and we could not release the information. We can release statistical information like nursing homes in general or uh, big box retailers or whatever, a business, small business, whatever. But, but, Buzz, people need to understand, your listeners need to understand, a cluster is defined as two or more, two or more, period. So let's say you have one of your advertisers, jewelry store, whatever, has two of its employees test positive for COVID. Let's assume that they got it uh, at one of those warehouse parties that I've been reading about, okay? Mm -hmm. It it, it was community spread. It had nothing to do with their location or anything else. Under the the guise of of, uh, reporting, so to speak, uh, people would have us say, okay, XYZ jewelry store had two employees, even though the employees didn't connect, didn't contact it, uh, contact, uh, catch the COVID-19 at that store. Um, 
but they were they were employees, so they have to announce it, that they had a uh, um, a cluster, so to speak, and uh, and that's just wrong. It's not true. It's not correct. They're at home, probably uh, quarantining or under uh, taking medication. That's the point. And people will talk about what about the nursing homes and all that. Well, we we encourage people to self-disclose. Dr. Okaranza says that you can self-disclose, but it, under the state statutes. It, it says it's a privacy issue. It's not a HIPAA issue. It's not a health issue. It's a privacy issue. And uh, across the state, we were presented with information that the only city in Texas that reports anything related to names, uh, mostly via statistics, is San Antonio, and they report only nursing homes. They don't report businesses. They don't name businesses. They don't name no other city, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. They don't, and we're complying with state statutes. Now, the fact that I've got some council members who, um, you know, I mentioned the, the comment from uh, um, Senator Patrick, with the late Senator Patrick Moynihan, who said, you know, in a debate one time, you're entitled to your own opinion, you're not entitled to your own facts. I've got a couple of council members who are entitled to their own opinion and their own facts, irrespective of what's being said. So. That, that's where the confusion arose, and the point was that we were given legal advice that you can't do it. So that's why I broke the tie. Well, let's uh, talk. Some of the council members that were that voted yes to disclose, uh, were they correct in saying that they were told that it would be illegal to reveal the businesses and locations? They were told everything that I was told. Okay. Okay. They were told you cannot do. You can. You can let them do it. But also, Buzz, one of the thing, one of the questions that I that was posed by another council member uh, to uh, Dr. Okaranza, and I talked about it, I think, in public, uh, was that uh, would disclosure, quote, flatten the curve, unquote. That was a direct question, and his response was, no, it won't. It doesn't change anything. So uh, the point was it was a a pointless vote. It was probably more for posturing than than anything else, and and I just, um, you know, I'm a straight shooter. I don't equivocate, and it made no sense. All right. I want a little clarification. El Paso Matters uh, has a has an article, and it's uh, this is via KVIA, that the city attorney's office sent letters to the Texas attorney general and uh, was asking, in the letters, the city attorney, uh, Carla Neiman, acknowledges the law does not allow them to release such information. Right, but it, it does. It, it doesn't require them to do so. Well, it, it what what we do with those with uh, open record requests. If there's a question, we know the, the law stipulates otherwise, or our interpretation is it stipulates otherwise. We send it to the attorney general's office as a matter of standard protocol process, and that's what happened. Back to those letters, which were back in May, but the, but the information we were presented said no, you can't do it. It's privacy again. It's not HIPAA. It's not health. It's privacy. Think of the think of the detrimental impact on a business that had to report two of its employees, which didn't, and, and assuming they didn't even con, they didn't even catch the COVID or, or contact it uh, at the at the location, but it must disclose. We've got enough uh, hesitancy right now with people out there failing to shop, uh, to to uh, go to restaurants or going to cl- uh, go go to uh, uh, stores and shop without without just. 
you know, uh, causing them to collapse. But don't you think that maybe if these these businesses were to release those, because we have seen businesses in the area that have released, hey, I work here or I'm the owner of this business. This person was here. They have co- they have come out as positive. If you were here on this day, please go get tested or watch your symptoms. You've seen businesses that are taking that step. And instead of being what I think should be praised for telling people, they are getting vilified because they're releasing this information. You don't think if there was more widespread information by various businesses, it would help mitigate that kind of a response where people are going to try and not go to that business anymore? You don't think that more of an open aired? um, I mean, it's the same thing of people testing positive for COVID. They don't want to tell anybody that they have it because they are thought of as as looked at. They have a disease now where people are going to look at them differently, which is part, I think, of the problem of contact tracing. People aren't wanting to tell them where they got it or where they've been or who they've been with because they're terrified of how they're going to look in the public. Don't you think it'd be a little bit better if we did have more of an open dialogue and an open contact tracing? Given the atmosphere of fear and the, and the changing dynamics of this uh, pandemic and this virus, I, I really don't know that that would improve things. Um, I, you know, people are, are fearful. We're, things are changing on a daily basis, um, and I just I don't think uh, I don't think it would change anything. But if somebody wants to disclose, they can disclose. All we're saying is, from a privacy standpoint, that the, that the public health department is not going to disclose that name of that business. Is there a concern that if if the city did start disclosing that, which you know per the vote they're not going to do, that businesses would be would be less likely to acknowledge that it's going on? You know, in other words, they would you know there might be a cover up if you got a couple employees who uh, had a positive diagnosis that uh, the 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 fear of being outed would would drive them further underground. I guess. Buzz, I think you've hit, the, you've hit a nail on the head. I mean, it's a, that's exactly probably We're having trouble getting the full data on contact tracing now as we go out. Right. You know, people aren't, aren't necessarily as open as they need to be so we can track it down. So, but- well, I want to be—I want to be clear. I'm—I'm I'm still on the fence. I mean, I, I don't—I right. don't know yet. I—I I, I haven't really educated myself on this. Here's so my question far. for you, though: Is that there are some places that have had um, multiple people, either workers or people who were there at that certain time, who have tested positive? If you are seeing um, a specific business, let's say that has not—not not like two cases, like you're saying for a cluster, uh, but are having 10, 15, multiple people, uh, double-digit numbers that are testing positive, do you consider maybe some sort of a repercussion towards them as where it'd be a fine, where it is a public outing, something like that? Because I think a little bit of it is with these businesses not having to deal with any kind of financial or uh, repercussions, they aren't really caring about the social guidelines and the the health guidelines that are being told out there. Well, I'm not necessarily going to be as blanket in that in that and condemning them. The, the, if you have a if you have a large uh, population of your employees test positive, um, number one, they're not going to even be there. They can't be there. And number two, um, if you have uh, consumers are frequenting this location, then uh, the health department would encourage that particular business to, to take action accordingly. Um, the point is we don't mind disclosure, which is not going to come through the public health department. It's a privacy issue, and that's our only point, and especially when you have so much community spread, you know, these warehouse parties, swimming parties, you know, family gatherings. I was on a call last night 
that the mayor of San Antonio put together a Zoom call with uh, the mayor of Houston, the mayor of San Antonio, uh, the, the mayor of Houston, the mayor of Austin, the mayor of Brownsville, the mayor of Laredo, and the mayor of McAllen. And we were on the call with an epidemiologist who's the former head of the World Health Organization, and they retired. And he showed some slides. He was kind of briefing us. It was just something that Ron Nuremberg, the mayor of San Antonio, put together, and I was pleased to be invited to be a part of it. But he showed a slide that showed if people will just wear face masks, you will stop the spread of this pandemic. If you'll j- he showed all the data and everything, and, it, and, and people have got to understand that. So we got to, in the majority of our positives of late are coming from the 20 to 30 year olds, and uh, they're not wearing their face coverings um, at, at, at these this community spread. So that's all I plead with your listeners: please, please wear your face coverings. You want to talk about the testing sites? Yeah, yeah. well, be- before we move on to that, I, you, you mentioned uh, warehouse parties a couple of times. Uh, if if you had information ahead of time, um, would we stop it? Well, yeah, what, what would you do? I mean, I hear a lot of recommendation I, I not to do this, but I, I haven't ever seen, like, a you know, I haven't heard anything about anything actually being stopped. Yeah. yeah well, people can report to 311 anything they think. Yeah, but what, happen- their- but what happens? They'll show up. We'll send we'll send uh, code enforcement or police or both or whatever. We'll 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 check it out. That's what we talked about several weeks ago when people were complaining that they would call and no response. We'll get you the response. I guarantee you, we'll get you the response. But you know, I, it's like a hundred years ago were speakeasies during uh, <laughs> prohibition. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, what's the password? So uh, <laughs> uh, th- those kinds of things. But in any event. Uh, it's up to us individually, and in our and it's our behavior. As this, as this epidemiologist last night said, it's behavioral driven. All right, so let's talk about the testing sites because the other issue was whether or not to increase testing sites. Were these two things tied together? You had to be let, either let me, for or against increasing the testing sites, and that had to match up with whether or not you were for releasing the information on specific locations. The issue, uh, well, it was before I think the issue on 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 testing. Mm-hmm and on Cydia, we weren't going to add any more test sites. This is the, the misimpression on this thing. All they were talking about was having the city staffing supplant the test sites we have now that are formerly under the, um, under, under the uh, National Guard and the transition to the, to the private contractor through the state, which is across the state was full of glitches, and that's where those delays were reported that Representative Rivera rightly and properly brought to the forefront yesterday. But the point was, we don't have the manpower. It's not just the Dollars and Taking Cares Act fund. We don't have the manpower to, to go over and take over all of these. That's why I went to the governor back in May and asked for this help from the National Guard, and he sent in his surge teams to, to verify hot spots and then, and then added the uh, testing facilities, which we've kept going each month for at least 30-day increments. And uh, the governor agreed to, uh, the state has agreed to leave those here, and they transitioned into a, to a contractor who has been, uh, it, is, it has not been handled correctly. The, uh, they weren't trained. That was yeah. why the delays that Representative Rivera talked about, the multi-hours, is wrong. He's absolutely correct. But my point was, yes, we were, we were uh, uh, it, that was not what we were talking about. We weren't going to add any more sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, they were talking about replacing 
um, the bottom line would be replacing what we have now with city staff, and we don't have the staff to do it. Do you see that uh, the long wait times at all improving in the future, or do you see, because that's the thing where we're hearing people are six hours in line waiting to get tested, told they can't get out of their cars, and uh, uh, do you see anything or any kind of thing that will help alleviate that kind of an issue? We're going to bust our butts to make sure that happens. That should never happen. And part of the the problem was that uh, we went away from appointments. We went uh, where you went online and made an appointment and do it. And all of a sudden, then we had these huge lines. Why did we go away from that? Thinking that that would be more efficient for people. They could, you know, just show up. You don't have to go through the hassle of getting online and making an appointment. And I could, I can see that because, I mean, I did wait on the phone for two hours to uh-huh. get my appointment. And then when I went down to the actual site the day before just to see, there was nobody there. So I ended up not even needing that appointment in the first place. And I'm going to yeah. be honest, I'm not going to wait two hours to cancel my appointment. I just didn't go. Um, so I could see that. Um, another issue I've heard a lot of, and I'm just wondering if you have any kind of insight in this, is a lot of people who went to the testing sites, signed the paperwork, waited in line after a couple hours, said kind of screw this and left. But then we're getting positive test results days later. Do you know anything about this or how this is happening or if this is something the city is looking into? I was uh, given information on that this past weekend. Okay. And I'm asking for documentation from the from the business owner who told me about two of his employees and that that had happened. We we don't I brought it up uh, to um um, uh, the head of our emergency operations center, uh, Mario D'Agostino, our fire chief, and okay. and Jorge Rodriguez, uh, who oversees these things. And we don't understand how that could have happened, but we are going to get to the bottom of it. Uh, that was reported to me, and I'm and I'm waiting. I was supposed to get a uh, an email Monday with all the names and things so we could validate it or verify yeah, it. Yeah, talk to some of these people and, and see yeah. if the reports actually yeah. happened. L- let me just tell your listeners, if you got one, if that happened to you, send send me an email at mayor at elpasotexas.gov, spelled out, uh, mayor at elpasotexas.gov. We want to get to the bottom maybe of that. There's, maybe there's an explanation, you know, for why that would happen, but it really plays into some of the, uh, some conspiracy. Of the conspiracy theories yeah. that uh, this is being, which I don't believe that it's being intentionally overblown, but, but it, does it bring would up be questions. nice to know what the actual story about that is, and I hope you do get those answers. Yeah. We need to. There's no benefit to you know. I think there was some national news program I had to respond to last week that said uh, we were padding our numbers somehow. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why would we want to do that? Yeah. And also, uh, just for reclarification on that, we report all the tests that have been taken, whether you've taken one or three or whatever. The number of tests taken is is cumulative, irrespective of how many times you've taken it. However, positives are by name, by name only. And, and so if you test positive today, and in two weeks you still test positive, there's only one positive. It's one name. That's why I need to get to the bottom of these uh, comments that, that that have come to my attention okay. related well, to it, it, people the, getting the, notified. You know, talking about the waits and the delays and everything else, it, it, it seems like it would be fair to say this isn't running like a well-oiled machine so far. <laughs> the tra- in, in my vernacular, the transition from the... From the um, National Guard to the private to the private contractor sucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was, it was they weren't trained. Uh, we found out that the National Guard had to stay there to help train, so that doubled up the time. Uh, I mean, it was just. Uh, I'm, 
I can't go in and I don't want to be profane. It, right. it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. All right. Uh, the one other thing that I wanted to talk about that didn't have to do with the vote yesterday is the anniversary that we're coming up on, the one-year anniversary of the Walmart shooting. And I think there are a lot of people wondering, well, how are we going to mark that? Or what is the city going to do? Are there any plans or will there be any announcements uh, coming out? Or have they already that I'm not aware of, of how we're going to mark that horrific one-year anniversary the uh the interfaith group and the resiliency center are doing one we've done some press on it now that will be done on the night of august the 2nd all right well and, uh, I, I, I i you know people have asked me well what what are you gonna do meaning the radio station and i said well gee i i don't know but if somebody has a you know a plan or something we're gonna do i i would certainly like to be at the table you know in the conversation at least yeah. for that or in the loop well you know, the uh, yeah, this, this is this is still uh, pretty raw to me. Yeah, uh, no, no, I know it's emotional. It's emotional uh, for a lot of people. And uh, we want to properly recognize the families and the victims. Remember, there were forty-six injured mm-hmm. and twenty-three died, and uh, it was an attack on us and who we are by an evil white supremacist from 700 miles away. And while we don't want to forget that, we don't want it to define us. And I've said that from day one. It will not define us. It'll be part of our history, but it will not define us. And as a region, we've been here for over 350 years. Juarez, El Paso, southern New Mexico. And we weathered revolutions and wars and everything else. And we will withstand this and move on. But it it will not define us. And we want to, however we uh, mark that anniversary, you know, we want to do it in the right way, and we want to do it in a way that is sensitive to to everybody involved. And it it will be noted on a national level, and I'm just kind of wondering what, you know, what we're going to do on the local level. So, Well, there's going to be the ceremony on the the second, a a memorial service on the second. And I understand the county judge has opened up a scarcity for... uh, with luminarias, and they're putting a, a monument there on behalf of memorial, on behalf of the uh, the victims and their families. Um, and then uh, we're not going to have council on on Monday, August third. There'll be other um, memorials going on and, and things happening. The history museum will have uh, a displays for the for the family on on the things that were taken from from. Uh, the parking lot by the Walmart that people did, and they preserved. And then there's, I think, something at Ponder Park. Yeah, uh, uh, I just got an email from your office saying that they will be giving us all the information so we can put okay. that up on our website for everyone. Okay, okay. yeah. Um, you know, on the air, uh, this is go- the, the anniversary is going to be on a weekday. And, yes. you know, we're, we're, some of the things that's been discussed is, you know, maybe uh, um, some, you know, period of silence, uh, you know, something marking the the 23 who uh was the 23 who were killed right uh so if if your office has any input for us please uh forward that on because you know we still are trying to figure out well you know what do we do and make sure that we do do it in the right way so and you know and we need to recognize also our first responders oh yeah our police our uh, CBP, uh, everybody responded that morning. The call went out to 911 at 1039. At 1045, two of El Paso's finest, a six-year veteran 
and a rookie one day off his probation entered that Walmart not knowing that the shooter had left. Mm-hmm. And at 11.06, that shooter was that evil individual was was apprehended by two DPS and two uh, motorcycle police for the El Paso Police Department. They did a magnificent job. And that's why we're one of the safest cities, irrespective of what happened in, uh, on August the 23rd. Well, thank you, Mayor. August the 3rd. Uh, thank you, sir, for taking time to talk to us. And uh, we always uh, appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to help clarify things. Please call me anytime. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dean. Okay. All right. Have a great one. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right. A lot of reaction to our conversation with Mayor DeMargo over on the Facebook uh, chat. It is, it's active today. So if you want to see the comments, uh, you know, they disappear based on how many people comment. Uh, we have a call, though, and telephone calls always get priority. So uh, is this Ben or Benjamin? You can call me Ben. That's fine. Hey, Ben, what's going on? You heard us uh, so, interview the mayor there, and you had something to uh, contribute? Right. So, I, I mean, I understand that, uh, you know, I'm glad that they allow people to call 311 and on emergency so that we can report these type of situations where people are not following the rules. Uh, wearing, wearing their face masks and stuff like that. I'm a small business owner. Uh, it's a little small retail store. And so uh, it, it makes me, I mean, I get upset when, when all of a sudden, you know, in April or early or late March, they shut us down because we were not, we, 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 you know, we were just a real small retail store. But what makes me even more upset is when I report these situations, and you can call me whatever you want to call me, you know, a snitch or whatever, um, you know, I, I, I sometimes report it, and I do leave my information and my email and all that kind of good stuff with the 311 people. I one time got a call from a some lieutenant from a fire department letting me know that if I keep reporting these false allegations, that I was going to be the one ticketed. Like so, what kind of violations? I, I'm curious, Ben, where you're reporting. Um, gatherings, uh, parties, uh, um, yeah, those were the main ones that I reported. At, at residences or, or businesses? Or? Uh, it, it, residences. Okay. Um, <laughs> did he tell you why uh, he told you or what the ticket would be for? I mean, what was his, if he were here, what would he say his side of it was? He would say, hey, we already investigated, reported this numerous times or whatever, uh, and we haven't seen anything. And my response to, him, response to him is that, look, I understand you people are busy. I understand you can't get to the situation, uh, you know, in minutes or hours. Sometimes it takes you a couple of days. So by the time you guys get there... The party's yeah, more than <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, Ben, and I think it should, when we were talking and the mayor recommended calling 311, <laughs> a lot of people in the chat immediately said they they won't even send out anything for a stray dog. 311 right. is a joke. <laughs> I, I've called well, before. It's like eight to twelve hours. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's up to three one one operators. They're just operators. All they yeah. do is they, they take the information and they give it to who, whatever uh, uh, police or whoever is in charge of whatever needs to be done. And so it's it, it's not three one one or the non emergency or nine one one or whoever or whoever you want to you want to call, but it's whoever is supposed to respond. 
um, on uh, on the fourth in the Fourth of July. These neighbors all over the you know a couple of places here were you know doing the fireworks and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I asked them, you know, very politely not to throw the fireworks over here. Uh, and if they want to do whatever they want to do, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I reported this, when, when, and, and, they, and they kept doing it even more, oh. uh, I reported it to non-emergency so that they can stop by and let them know, hey, look, you're not supposed to throw fireworks around here uh, in the city or even in the county, I think. Um, the police did not respond, or they called me. They actually, they they did call me back and told me, "Hey, look, we passed by and we didn't find anything." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, it's it's situations like these that uh, I want to mention to the mayor. And I, as a matter of fact, I did email him a couple of times, and I have left voicemail messages. I got a, res- a response from him one time, just to let him know that, that look, I know you're trying your your best, mm-hmm. uh, but the problem is your staff. Uh, the, the people that are supposed to respond to these situations. Um, and, and more than likely, what's going to happen, I'm thinking, since I've lived here all my life, uh, I've lived here for 52 years, more than likely what's going to happen is that uh, uh, police or fire chiefs or whoever responds to these things are just going to say, well, you know, we can do whatever we want. I've lived here all my life. I've, I've, I know the city. I know how, how uh, these folks operate. Well, I can oh. tell you, Ben, it was a it was a common opinion on our Facebook chat that yeah. you call three one one and nothing's going to happen. So no, 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 you're not alone. Likely. Yeah, more than likely, uh, nothing's going to happen. And once again, I don't blame three one one. They're very good at what they do, uh, but when they uh, you know uh, tell whoever needs to show up, police or fire department or whoever. Uh, in, in this type of situation with the uh, COVID uh, nineteen situation. They don't respond. It keeps happening. So that's prob- That's pretty much what I wanted to mention to the mayor. He, he needs to do something about that. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, well, he gave out his email address, and you, you said, Ben, that you'd already emailed him. So maybe, <laughs> you know, while it's, while it's fresh in his mind, maybe, maybe email him again today. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, that, that's a very good idea. And I understand the mayor. I mean, he gets flooded, I'm sure, sure. with uh, with emails and stuff like that. And so, yeah, uh, but look, uh, he but comes on and says, you know, tells people if you've got a concern or if you got something to report, email me. So, you know, I, I have. Uh, like yeah, I said, I right. have emailed gotcha. him. <laughs> so. um, all right, very good. Thank you, Ben, uh, for calling. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks. All right. So, a couple of comments. Uh, First of all, one for you, Lisa. Yeah. Eric says, I want to commend Lisa for asking some really good questions about warning the public about hot zones. So, uh, yeah, you you mentioned that. Do you want to expound on that a a little bit? Uh, About what part? Uh, You know, you had brought up that some of these places, maybe people should know that that they've had uh, cases in, in the businesses so people would know to, uh, I guess, avoid them. Right. And, and this is something that I've seen uh, a lot of small businesses in the area kind of dealing with is whether or not to release if someone at their business has tested positive or um, to, you know, stay quiet about it. But there's a lot of situations where people who work at those businesses either are exposed to a lot of people and or I mean the the one thing for me is if, if they were to release these numbers like hypothetically so there was a someone I know in Dallas who he got it at a gym 
And I said, well, how do you know you got it at the gym? And he said, because 15 other people who I work out with all got it as well. So they were able to figure out and they got contacted by the health department and they did. Yeah, they said, yeah, there was an outbreak at your gym. Things like that, I think, would help not only contact Trace more, but I think it would help just people in the community feel a little more comfortable going places. Because if I know that I'm going to go to, hypothetically, my gym and three people there tested positive and I'm going to get a call or something saying, hey, this may have happened here. Or if the business itself were to put something out there and say, hey, we had someone who contracted COVID. Uh, If you were here on this day, please go get tested. And that's the thing, too. We saw in the beginning of the pandemic places like Sam's Club, Target, Walmart, even it right now in uh, Las Cruces, the, the Walmart was shut down after three workers tested positive. So why are we not doing that again? We're OK to bash these big box stores and explain wh- where they are and how many cases they've had. But for some reason, we won't do it in El Paso and we're not doing it with other businesses, too. I think also if there were, I think, more uh, um, open like uh, transparency, a lot of these businesses would be held a little bit more accountable because there are businesses that we hear, oh yeah, I drive by there every Sunday and they're partying like nothing's going on. Nobody's wearing masks. They're past capacity. They're not social distancing. And the problem is like like the caller we just had is saying, you call and nothing happens to them and they're still open. So well, it's interesting that that the city is fine having a snitch line if you want to report an allegation, but they're not willing to snitch themselves when they have actual data. They're like, we heard snitches get stitches, so we're not going to say Look, I acknowledge that it's a very complicated right. uh, situation, and there's probably not any easy answer, and there may not even be a right answer. There really isn't, and that's the thing, too, is you have these uh, businesses, like, a lot of people are upset right now that bars are getting restaurant licenses so that they can operate and reopen as a restaurant. I can understand why people would be upset with that, but I can also see why these businesses need to do this, because at this point, they're not open, they're not doing anything, they don't have a, a, a means of an income, but they're still having to pay rent, they're still having to pay those bills. So I see that, but I also think as they are reopening, they need to be held accountable. Okay, you know what? You were a bar. Now you're going to be a restaurant. Let's not see that bar-like mentality happening here. And that's the problem is that a lot of them still do. They're open till 2 a.m. No one's wearing masks. I, no I mean, one's, everyone's the, dancing. Everyone's to, over capacity. To my knowledge, the city hasn't done anything to people who are flagrantly flouting the rules i mean people that make it a point of pride and you don't have to investigate this they it's you drive past it you drive past it or you see it on facebook their instagram and but this is the thing though is that we saw this when we first reopened and the bars were allowed to reopen you saw there were examples in town that got shut down for 30 days because they weren't abiding by the rules since that one weekend when that happened hasn't happened again And you haven't seen any of these businesses get, uh, you know, any kind of reprimand from the government. So I'm not surprised that they're going out there and saying, like, party all night, because what does it matter if nobody's going to be getting mad at them or making them, you know, hey, you can't let people do this. You can't let yourself be over capacity. You can't let yourself let people, you know, run around without masks on. You know, I went to dinner 
two nights ago. And when my friend and I walked in, immediately the guy tells me, you need to be wearing a mask to come inside. Good. And it was in my hand. I just forgot to put it on. I was right. like, oh, my bad. Yeah. And I start putting, he's like, no, no, you need to go outside, put the mask on and come back in. I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. So I walked out and I put my mask on and then I walked back in and he's like, okay. He's like, I'm sorry. We're just really strict on the mask policy until you sit down at your table. You have to have the mask on. Mm-hmm. And then when if, my, let me just say, if everybody social distanced the way Steve Kaplowitz does, we would be COVID-19 <laughs> free. I don't think he's left his house since Steve? February. No. Now, listen, I, I, I do go out and leave. I do. I just, I've decided that um, working from home and doing the show from home is much, first off, the quality is the same. The The convenience is, is terrific. And right now, there's no reason for me to be at the station. I'm, I'm a one, well, look, there's two of us that do the show. You have four people that do your show. So, but here's the crazy thing. If you would have started in March from home, doing this radio show, you probably would have your entire group at your house with one person controlling the board at the radio station, and you would have done the same thing. I know you would have come to my house. Everybody would have just been doing it from their house. And besides, well, there were my, other- my sound quality sounded like... So. Well, the, the, there are morning shows in town that are doing it from each other's houses. Oh, there are plenty of people that are doing it. But would you guys all agree, oh, I'm going to get up at three o'clock in the morning, drive to Buzz's I'm house. I'm not going to go all the way to your house. You're right. Exactly. Here. I know these people way better than you do, Steve. <laughs> Even better. I'll just do it from my house. <laughs> right. I do it from my exactly. own house. Listen, I, I, I want to have a That's little true. bit of time for this final break. So we'll we'll take a break. We'll come back. Woo-hoo! Steve, you're going to hang around with us. You thought I'd forgotten you, but uh, Steve could be the model for social distancing for El Paso. And I'm sure that anytime you no, go anyplace, you've got no, your mask. You no. you probably drive alone in your car with your mask on, don't you? No. No, be crazy. honest. It's too hot. You don't do that? No, no okay. absolutely not. No, no, no. I uh, Listen. I come now, in in the morning sometimes. In stores, and I see, absolutely. Listen, I see Daniel sitting over there on, on the nights where Daniel works overnight. He's got his mask on. It's like, dude, you're the only guy in the building. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So maybe Daniel Paula should really be the, the model citizen for El Paso. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Major League Baseball returns starting tomorrow. And there were a couple of exhibition games, which seems weird because, it, you know, who are they exhibiting to <laughs> if there weren't any, you know, but get ready for the season, I guess. Steve, preview the uh, the MLB season. Did we even get the season started or did we did we play any any regular season baseball games this year? Spring training was canceled. Right. So it never got to the three point. weeks Two to three weeks into the start of play. So, no, they've, what they've done is they've resumed uh, exhibition games, a couple of tune-ups and inter-squad games in their home cities. And because uh, the season never got underway, we'll actually kick things off tomorrow. In fact, I will be preempted tomorrow because of uh, baseball's opening day. Which, um, look, if you're a baseball fan, you got to be excited. Yankees, Nationals, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, one of the two best pitchers in the game. That's tomorrow. Five o'clock, first pitch. The preview, a pregame show will start at four. So no sports talk tomorrow. I think you better be Yankees, here. Nationals. Somebody better be here anyway to play the crowd sound effects if somebody gets ahead. It's like, and he got a hold of one, and it's headed for the right field bleachers. 
Have you heard that that's what they're going to do, actually play sound effects? I told you that yesterday on the show. Oh, well, I knew I'd heard that. it somewhere. I didn't know where I, I heard it from. I mentioned to you on the air. That, uh, yes, they're using... <laughs> oh, my God. Too. It's good. Listen, you know what the <laughs> truth is? The truth is Buzz listens to me even less than Lisa. So I listen uh, to Lisa more to than sports. I listen to you when she does sports. I know. I know. Less less to you than he does to me. I think um, I, I don't think listen Lisa to any can, of you, so congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa can easily become a sports authority on this radio show, uh, which would be terrific. Hey, this, I would yeah. love that. This shortened season song. and no fans, everything that's going on is does is there any is there any team that this favors or hurts worse than others, or you know makes it more likely that a team that uh, you know otherwise might not be in the running might be, no. or is, is it just all equal across the board? Look, you have teams that on paper are better than others. The Yankees are stacked. The Nationals are the defending World Series champs. The Dodgers are loaded, too. So you still have teams that are expected to win because they yeah, have a Yeah, but the Astros team. probably couldn't get away with, with beating on a drum, uh, beating on a trash can from the dugout. Oh. Not, not that they would try that again, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, if they're... The Astros, the Astros got hit yesterday. I don't know if you heard about this, but three of their best players got hit. Two guys back-to-back in the same inning yesterday, and the, the pitch is looked intentional so no fights that's another three people thing. and two okay. two of them were back you said two of them were back to back right yes that's exactly that second I mean, guy hit. doesn't make a beat well social distancing no. maybe that's why he didn't you go can't the, you're, you're not allowed so, well you're not supposed to do it even without right. the pandemic i mean i i always thought whenever a, a batter goes out to confront the pitcher or vice versa that you know that they do that not just because there's not a rule for the pandemic, they do it because they can't contain their anger and, you know, they're so mad they're going to go fight or whatever. Well, the Astros, I mean, it's going to be really interesting because they've been taking all the pitches they've been getting hit, no charging the mound, no nothing. So we'll see how long this lasts. Do you so think, we'll see. was there anything the, in the game that makes you think it was intentional or was it just like, oh, you guys, you know, were cheaters, so... You know we're gonna we're gonna bean you a couple of times. There are enough players <laughs> in Major League Baseball that are so upset with what the Astros did. They have all vowed to throw at them this year. So oh, they're on. Right. Now, now that that didn't include yesterday's game with the Royals because you wouldn't think the Kansas City Royals would be one of those teams, but it's very possible that they they were upset and they decided, you know what, we're gonna throw at the Astros, and that's what they did. They uh, and, and it wasn't like their scrubs got hit. Their best players got hit. Altuve got hit. Bregman got hit. Um, I think it was Springer a couple of innings later that got popped, and they were getting hit. You know, and you could tell these are not uh, pitches that just got away. They, they look like they had uh, some intention. So, what was the intention then? If- Send a message, you know, uh, about the cheating. cheating. Now we're gonna, now we're gonna, now we're gonna bean you. Yeah. God, I wonder how long that's gonna go on. That's a great. I mean, at some point, question. it's like I know I'm not supposed to charge the mound, but they keep doing it. What do you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> at some point, well, we gotta the, t- the, the do difference something. is. The difference is they can always retaliate and throw at the other team. Sure. And then that's you know, that's the that's the one example. Did the pitcher us, we'll did the pitcher get ejected for hitting two batters in a row? Um, I don't believe so, no. Okay. All right, what else? Give me a couple other storylines so I can get excited about about baseball. Oh, you want uh, baseball? How about the Blue Jays calling Pittsburgh their home? So it'll be the Pittsburgh Blue Jays this year. Blue Jays are not welcome in Canada. That's correct. That is correct. So instead, they were going to play their they're going to play their home games in the same ballpark where the Pittsburgh Pirates play. So that will be their 2020 home park, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. 
what do they do to schedule the games on alternating days or something? Right, when when the Pirates are not going to be home. All right. That's correct. Are the Pirates going to play the Blue Jays this season? Um, No, because the Pirates play in the National League Central. The Blue Jays play in the American League East, which means the only teams the Blue Jays can play outside of the American League East would be the National League East. So that is why you will not see that happen. All right. Uh, the, the first pitch for the Nationals game tomorrow is going to be thrown out by Dr. Anthony Fauci. We know he's a Nationals fan because he wears his adorable uh Nationals mask all the time on mm. television, so getting ready for that there baseball season tomorrow. Steve won't have to work. All right, let's uh, let's wrap things up. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody. Until then.